Welcome to episode 473 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is wearing a black sweatshirt, and he is sporting a new XLR cable that matches the same color of oh, yeah, his yeah. windsock. It is Russell John the Fisherman. Wait, no, it doesn't. It's green and green. My windsock is gray. From this angle, <laughs> it looks green. It's gray and it's kind of browning because I've been using it for eight years. I know. We we definitely. <laughs> now, for our listeners, I, I, I also bought new wind socks. <laughs> I haven't told Randy this. I I honestly, the package was so okay. tiny. Are you going to grab them? I don't I feel know. like you wanted to get them. I don't know where it is. I oh. forgot where I put them. They're that small? They're that small. <laughs> Randy, the wind socks, uh, also joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, I'll bring him in, is Randy Michaelstad. What is that? What's the deal with these wind socks? Are they for mini microphones? Yes. Really? Weird. Yes. I mean, Randy, this big. Oh, dude, give them to me. We could use them. I mean. For like a lavalier? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're for lavaliers. Yeah. 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 Also, That's not what you said. <laughs> also, I could use them for condoms. Dude, Clark today, when I came in here, he's like, yeah, I got wind socks, but it's not going to work out. <laughs> uh, why? He's like, oh, it was a scam. I call it a scam. It didn't say because literally because they used the blow up. They used the giant blow up picture of a windsock that would look like it would fit yeah. a normal sized microphone. It's a scam. Oh my God. Thank you so much. That was funny because with the whole green thing, I thought you were going to talk about my Gothic King Cobra shirt, which is in green. Oh, I, his I favorite can't color. see that. I can only, I literally, when I'm looking at you, yeah. I see the top of the computer and your shoulders. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you don't see the weed leaf and the goth girl. Oh, I the- see it now, and it's I love it. Yeah, you know I like to match my colors. Black and green, dude. It's his favorite colors. Oh, because he's goth and gross. <laughs> yeah, he's goth and infected. It's the black is goth darkness, like he- hot topic, and the green is boogers and mold. There's no. He has to have tapeworms or something. Oh, dude. You haven't even, you fell off. He started making mead and wine at his house. So he does like uh, Tropicana wine and he'll put like peanut butter and shit in there. And it's like fermenting. People are like, dude, Tropicana you're going to. Tropicana wine. Yeah. So people started going botulism coming in nicely, tubes. <laughs> Tropicana wine. Dude, he gets so mad. He gets fucking wasted off his like yeah. weird tub wine. Yeah, he, he needs a parent. He also makes a ton of money now. Like, uh, oh, that's again, good. I, you know, I love starting off the Thanksgiving week with talking about my good friend, Gothic King Cobra, whom has lost his whole fan base. Also, this means nothing to you if you're a new listener, but uh, deal it with it. It means nothing for our old <laughs> listeners as well. Well, he's still alive. He only does a live stream like <laughs> once a month now, and he'll make upwards of like $300 in it. So he'll pay his bills and shit with just that. He's not really doing wine. He's not doing anything. You're saying $300 is a lot of money? Where he lives, yeah. I thought he would get like you know, he doesn't do anything. Grand. Oh no! Well, no, I mean, he goes to Frosty's. I think he just got remonetized. And he sings too. karaoke. Oh, he can't. I think he's banned from that. Of course, he yeah. does. <laughs> He'll just find another documentary crew. Oh, dude, he talks shit about everybody who makes fi- a documentary about him. Of course, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he's very sad, and we'll have him on uh, Christmas week. Oh, there's no way. He would, he would, um, I would show up on his troll dar for sure. Even though I love him. And I mean, I want well for him, but you know, sometimes you want to give tough love yeah. and I'd have to be like, dude, you got to change your life. And he would just, yeah, yes, of course. yeah. 
but we would catch it all on camera. Yep. Gothic King Cobra, go look it up on YouTube. Fantastic documentary. It's on Letterboxd, so Randy can watch it. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> it's on Criterion Channel, so Randy will watch it. I'm also good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, Thanksgiving week, uh, welcome to the week therein of Thanksgiving. We hope you're having a good time. If you're traveling back to your home base, like oh. I am, or you have, you know, you're you're doing the Friendsgiving thing. Uh, we hope you all uh, have a wonderful holiday. Um, and with that, as you are listening to this on a Tuesday, we will. You can also listen to our wonderful voices on that very day of Thanksgiving, as we've decided. Yeah, we'll give you an interview this week. <laughs> and uh, yeah, our friend George from Another Hole in the Head uh, stopped by. Uh, George is a guy. He's been a character that's sort of been in our, he's been in the periphery of the Overlook for, God, five years now. Longer, uh, yeah. With um, uh, coming from another Hole in the Head film festival, and uh, George and his festival have always been great with us, uh, basically letting us do whatever we want to at any given time sometimes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, you know, just uh, hooking us up with uh, screenings and things like that and, uh, you know, doing whatever he can and, uh spreading the word and uh we're just glad that uh george was able to join us and uh, we had a great talk yeah he's kind of a shy guy who runs a festival and has done it for a long time so he was like a, i don't know he he's a dude who i've wanted to get to know like more intimately for a long time now and guess what boys and girls we did and then i found out his age and i went oh no call the police That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a huge age gap here you look so much younger but um yeah dude i'm I feel like it was a big deal. He hung out with us. He does not do that shit. Yeah. So, well, and then he almost like got himself incriminated. You'll have to hear about that on the episode. Though. What a, what a <laughs> gift we've given you for this Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what we got in store for uh, the rest of the week. Uh, as far as next week goes, I think that I'm handing the keys over fully and trusting the entire operation over to Russell, John, the fisherman um, to, <laughs> Rusty, yeah, you're do gonna, whatever you want to. It's going to be fun. Um, I, I will be traveling out of town, um, going back home for the holiday, and uh, yeah. Could you call in at least? Call I in did. and we could record it. The That's problem is, is I, I'm just I'm going to be out and about and uh, different areas with uh, terrible internet coverage. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we got the audio king over here, Randy Stat. God, Randy, you look like you're in a Travis Bickle costume right now. And what, God, I don't got the hair for it though, dude. dude you got the, the jacket. It looks like you got a gun on a little rig in there. Um, it's, a, it's a nice little uh, green shirt jacket for those listening and not watching because uh, we don't film this. Randy, they're called a shacket. Yeah, I know, but I, I like to use the proper terminology, uh, which is shacket. <laughs> At the Love Shack, dude. Um, <laughs> love Shack it. Yeah, it'll be, I don't know. I feel like we could probably do Zoom on your phone, but I don't even mean that. I mean, like, not live to record style, like, just in general. Like, just record something on your phone and send it. Because you've done that, like, eight yeah, years ago. I thought about I thought about that. Um, I just don't know the timing. Mm. Um, I don't know. We, we can figure it's whatever, something out. It's fluid. Yeah. I'm going to be. But I just didn't want to commit to something like an interview or something because I didn't yeah. know. 
I'll, uh, I'm definitely, I think we already have an interview booked for next week. It's going to line up with another hole in the head. So our coverage after Thanksgiving is pretty much going to shift into that mostly. But until then, it's of 24 hour 23, which is a thing that I was up till uh, 3 a.m. last night talking to Evan, who is 5 a.m. for him. Oh, boy. Working on shit. And it is fucking good. So, again, we've breached 25 or 24 hours at this point. Um, tickets are available on the unnamedfootagefestival.com. They're $25 for what I for at least 25 hours of shit now. And honestly, we got a lot of original stuff this year. It's going to be um it's going to be fun. Uh also get your Discord fired up because uh I think we might be doing the Chattanooga thing where we're going to pivot from a live in-screen chat to doing Discord on the phone. Oh. We fielded a lot of people and the major complaint from the first 24 hour was that we didn't have any mobile pairing. And, you know, the provider we're using doesn't have any mobile pairing. They You could stream it two times, which is a little bit complicated. And we think they might be trying to extort us <laughs> to, to help uh, make some new software to improve their chat engine. Um, so, yeah, do with that what you will. But go download Discord and get a little familiar with it. Um, is there anything else up top? I think we're good. Uh, Glory Hole is still running. I did catch it this past Friday. Excellent. And I was riddled with anxiety that it was going to be the episode I was on. And I, I was like, I'm going to need to make an excuse to leave the room because I'm not watching that. Were you not in the first one? No, Oksana was. Okay. Yeah, she opened it up. And then we've missed, I think, four of them now. And then we were watching it. And at the end, wait, Terrell was like, wait, doesn't that say this is episode three? And it did say season two, episode three. So uh, good old San Francisco Commons may have just been uh, playing uh, shuffle <laughs> on the playlist here. But who knows? I can't fucking tell. Um, yeah, so catch that. It's at 11 o'clock PST every Friday. And the link, it works no matter where you are. So anybody can watch it. And I think that's everything up top. Excellent. All right. You want to just roll? We got David here. He's a little jacked up. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Ah. You good? Yes. All right. Randy, nothing? You got to... Randy, when's the vinyl floor coming back? Undecided. <laughs> I know oh, Christian no. started a new job as well, so he is less free, I think, on Fridays when we usually recorded. So oh. we're still trying to figure out what our schedule is going to be. Dang. Did he hook up with uh, Andre 3000 and start a blow <laughs> job? Oh, God. Do you want to give a little bit of context Crickets. to why that joke is so funny? It's pretty good. Andre 3000 uh, <laughs> from Outcast fame. Uh, just, I think in the past few days, this past week, I uh, released a new musical album, uh, which is all flute related. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? Uh, the name of the album is, I swear I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. By Andre 3000. Damn, I, sh I wish I had a rim shot queued up. My favorite title that he has for uh, one of the tracks of his song is Ants to You, Gods to Who. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Is that everything? I think David is ready to go. Good morning. It's November 19th, 2023. 
and it's a Sunday, day two of weekend projects, and the fun work train is rolling. Today, I'll be heading to Dead Sled Coffee Car, where I'll be ordering a cup of All Will Be Caffeinated. Turn to the camera, introducing the officially licensed All Will Be Caffeinated Coffee, inspired by Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. This wicked concoction will have your taste buds trembling with fear. This 100% Arabica coffee is the essence of toasted praline, with notes of almonds, pecans, hazelnuts, and a bit of sweetness. Mm. Not unlike Eli's movie, this brew is not for the weak-hearted. It's a brew that will transport you to a dimension where nightmares come to life. Once you've tasted the essence of this forbidden brew, there's no escape from John Carver's clutches. Use promo code DAYILINCH to be put on a watch list. And today. In one of the reflection cars, I'll be thinking about Samuel Goldfish, Edgar, and Archibald Selwyn, the three who established Hollywood's Goldwyn pictures. Did you know that Goldfish later changed his name to Goldwyn? Everyone, have a great Dude, day. David, I did not know that. Dropping facts. My man's surname <laughs> was Goldfish? <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't know. I, yeah. Randy, look that up. He might have been drunk. I don't know what the fuck he's drinking, but he's in here shilling shit. You definitely can't have, you definitely can't run a movie studio cool. and then have the logo of your movie studio be a roaring lion yeah. and your last name be Goldfish. Randy, are you checking that? You made the right it choice. It's fake. confirmed according to uh, Wikipedia. All right. Wow. David, I'm sorry. I should have never oh. have gone against you. I, you only come in here spitting facts. And I like how we pay you to show up and advertise coffee. Are you making money off of that? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I would ever try. Actually, one of the dudes that plays D&D with us, he brings that coffee. The dead sled shit. Yeah. And my experience with those kind of like curated boutique coffees is there's way too much flavor. <laughs> you know, no, but you know, like, like I'm not drinking coffee. Like if I go to Starbucks. I know. Yeah. It's like, that's a milkshake, like a fucking Frappuccino in a coffee. And it feels like they're trying to do that in a pot of coffee. I'm like, dude, calm the fuck down. Like, well, I, I think it's several things. <laughs> And I, I think it's always important to realize that here in America, we are just uh, programmed to eat garbage. Yeah. And we're programmed to drink garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. A hundred percent. Shout is the out to Ameri Scary Thoughts. That is the American <laughs> way. And all our shit sucks. Yeah. All well, my friends are dead. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Uh, anything else before we start rolling along here on this earlier record on a Sunday? I like it. I like it. A little 1040 a.m. action. Hell little, yeah. A little early afternoon for Randy over there in Atlanta in the music box. 1.42 p.m. Hey now. How many BMs have you had at 1.42 p.m.? Honestly, several already. <laughs> Same. I drank Dose. too much coffee this morning and I did go out for a second coffee at like 1130 today and I drank about two sips of it and then I put it back in the fridge. It was a cold brew, so it'll be good for later, but so, I so realized that I had too much caffeine as I was drinking the second coffee. See, this there was a, a lot there. I this know. is a man who limits his control. I know. You know, he knows, he knows what he's doing. I'm the complete opposite. I'm a, I'm a glutton in all forms. 
uh, last night while playing D and was half heartedly playing. Honestly, I owe everybody an apology. I was not paying attention. I mean, you took an interview in the middle of it. I did. <laughs> but uh, they bought me a box, the fucking nacho fry box from Taco mm. Bell, and I immediately devoured that. And then our good friend Chuggy, who survived the mall shooting, for those who have been listening God. for years now, he he bought he now this motherfucker is a two meal guy. Oh yeah, and now he's working a real job, he's, so now he feels justified in the two meal. Two meal chugs. You know what he got? What? A meal for two. Of course he did. And several other items. I'm like, dude, you know those are big, right? What's in the meal for two? Uh, the meal for two is two soft tacos, two chips with cheese, okay. two um, bean burritos. I think they're, they may be five layer. Okay. And then two crunch wraps. Whole. Yep. Damn. And then he got another thing on the side. And then he got uh, like a couple, yeah, a couple now, more items. Didn't you house two crunch wraps not two. too long ago? Uh, he gave me one. <laughs> he was like, you want it? And I was like, yep. And then he gave me a burrito, too. He was like, oh, gout. I can't have that. I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Your whole diet is fish. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the weather's changing. <laughs> and so, the, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I can't, I have no limit. And then, you know what I spent all night doing, Randy? Trying to make mental excuses to eat that Taco Bell. <laughs> Even though I was so full <laughs> that I was like kind of in pain. I'm like, but think how fun it would be to eat that fucking crunch wrap right now. Well, if we're all having uh, <laughs> fast food uh, confessions, oh no, that's that what you're that's your calling. Dude. You know what I had last night? Uh, McDonald's. I ordered McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it was included in the McDonald's order. Now I want to say that the McDonald's sauces, uh, they, they have a new sauce. Uh, well, they have mambo sauce, but the mambo sauce I can't. Number I, five. It's, uh, Randy, so I was holding back from the Lou Bagel line. Um, <laughs> the Lou Bagel line. <laughs> the, the McDonald's uh, from which I order does not supply the Mambo sauce, or at least there is a current shortage of yeah, Mambo. They have sauce. morals, dude. But that's not the sauce I care about. I love the sweet and spicy jam. It's very good. Oh my god! But Randy's not a jam or jelly guy, so he's probably <laughs> he's probably not up his alley. Not really. But it's very good. You know what's back, Russell? The McRib. Oh, and I had a McRib. Why? And I did. You never learn. It is. And I, I'm not. I'm not. I, this is not. You know. Sometimes I can lean into hyperbole. Uh-huh. I'm not being hyperbolic here. It is putrid. Oh, I thought you were going to say fantastic. It is foul. <laughs> <laughs> no one should eat. It's not food. Yeah. The only redeeming quality is the bun is okay. Everything else is a nightmare. Yeah, why'd you get it? Because it's been two years since I've had okay, one. And yeah. I was like, well, I don't know. Is that, have they been having improvements in the uh, McRib game? No, they have not. It, um, it is both soaking wet with sauce and dry at the same time. It, this, it, it sounds... It, it has the mouthfeel of cartilage. <laughs> yeah, it's gross, dude. You said it's that two horrible. years ago. You know, it's the same thing I hear from the Mexican pizza people. They're always like, oh, it's back. Fuck. And then they get it and they're like, this is garbage. It used to be so good. And I'm like, I, the very first time I ever heard anybody talk about a Mexican pizza, that's what they said. It used to be better. Yeah. And I'm like, when, when, when was this time of the perfect Mexican pizza? I The Mexican pizza, uh, you know what? <laughs> back when the, uh, the lobbies of Taco Bell looked like okay. a 90s wet yeah. dream. Yeah. Dude, those are the best. I think it's just nostalgia, dude. I think it always 100%. sucked. 100%. Yeah, it always was shitty. 
if uh, I don't know, dude. I uh, that's a found footage doc. Those old school Taco Bell buildings. Those are some great architecture. We should make that. We should make a faux doc about the uh, '90s aesthetic of Taco Bell <laughs> and searching for the perfect Mexican pizza. We'll have to end up in a haunted Taco Bell and die. I feel like that territory was slightly covered with the whole Grimace thing, but in the McDonald's direction. Oh, and if you like Grimace, stay tuned for Up 2420. Oh, oh, dude. Uh, remember, um, I don't think you ever met him, but Vernon Herman Salinger. Never guy, heard of him. He passed away. Yeah. Well, uh, this weird conspiracy theorist, the Truth Seekers, mm. they did a doc about him, exposing him. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, it looks like they're on the Grimace case this year. <laughs> <laughs> Covering all the big topics. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, I love it. Uh, you know, here, let me uh, let me break KFAB really quick. But uh, we definitely have a Grimace block. And I'm so you excited. You have a whole block? Well, it's not. Well, I mean, length is something to be imagined here. But, uh, <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of like that there was this, like, kind of awful moment in popular culture where people were regurgitating mass market, like fast food items and turning them into found footage shorts. And it's just, I don't know. It's a cool way to like highlight that. Yeah. Cause there's so many of them and we're not showing them all. So don't worry. We're showing a lot though. As you should. There's a lot of wild shit. I got, I got to show you some stuff. Excellent. Dick pics mostly. Randy Michael stat. Yes, sir. From the music box. What'd you say this week? Randy, do you watch any movies in the music box? Why don't you intro him like, no. let's wind him up or something? What do you mean? The music box. Oh, Here we are, wind it. <laughs> come on. If I had a, if I had a soundboard. <laughs> yeah, you do, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of Randy's music box. Randy, go, Randy pops out and goes, what's up? <laughs> it's the music box. <laughs> I have not watched uh, many movies in here, maybe one or two, but this monitor isn't the best monitor. I just bought a uh, cheap 27-inch monitor, and, uh, okay. you know, the TV looks a little better. All right. Everyone's got their prerogative. <laughs> but uh, besides, you know, watching movies here, I watched uh, potentially, I'm going to say, two duds this week. Oh, God, What we need a, I know, a like segment a, for that. An Uga horn. Well, Randy, now, whenever me and Clark come, we usually watch movies only to talk about on here. And if they're bad, it's like, well, fuck it. We're, you just got to cover it. Randy, yeah. you filter out the bad ones, though. I guess. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I also filter out the bad ones when I can. That's why the bit is that, you know, that they never watch horror movies. But Randy always does. He just hates them all. So he doesn't talk about them. Hey, I saw one this week that I quite liked. We'll talk about it later. Oh, shit. But one of the duds that I watched before we get into that. Which I feel I feel bad calling it a dud because uh, I tend to like the, uh, you know, the, the work of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny oh, in Philadelphia. No. He's day man. He, I don't like him. Why? He annoys me. You watch your mouth. He's too wacky and wild. He's a nice man and he's married to a woman from Mississippi. Oh, hell he's yeah. He's got bad so he, taste too. <laughs> no, he's good. He's a good guy. I say good day to Charlie Day. <laughs> Why'd you like him? He's nice. He's funny. I don't know. You don't he's, like that show. He's too popular. See, there you go. Yeah. 
There you go. <laughs> we love it when real Russell comes out of his candy I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to tell you. Well, you know, it's like you show up to a party and everybody's around this guy. And you're like, I don't see what's so cool about him. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't fucking care about Formula One anymore. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, shit. It's been ruined. Oh. Vegas killed Formula One. They ruined the Formula It was a bad event. <laughs> that race was so boring. Oh, wow. Uh, you're going to spend like 12 grand to go there. Dude, everything. Oh, I am so glad. <laughs> I am so glad. $2,000, which is what it would have cost. Uh, yeah, who cares? Uh, finally, that nightmare is over. It was a good day good. to Formula One. Yeah. See, so yeah, Charlie Day directed and wrote a movie called Fool's Paradise, which came out earlier this year, uh, which stars Charlie Day and Ken Jong and Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Jillian Bell's in it, Malkovich is in it. What a cast. Big, big cast. Uh, and essentially <laughs> the, the, the movie uh, is about Charlie Day's character, who is a mute man who gets released from a, uh, you know, a mental health facility. And uh, as he's walking down the street one day, um, Ray Liotta picks him up because he's like this studio guy who's working on a Billy the Kid uh, film production. And uh, apparently the uh, mute man, which Charlie Day plays, looks exactly like the star of the film, who is also played by Charlie Day, I'll be damned. but is an alcoholic who won't leave his trailer. And he's very hard to work with. So he brings uh, Charlie Day's mute character onto the set to replace him. And uh, yeah, essentially, that's kind of how the movie starts. And then... Um, not too long. You see, you have one scene of uh, wacky Charlie Day uh, as the alcoholic method actor in his trailer, um, which is is pretty fun. Uh, but then he eventually dies um, in his trailer, uh, potentially from autoerotic asphyxiation. So he oh, uh, leaves the movie God. very early on. It's Ken Park, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then so the rest of the movie is essentially I'd say caradined. Uh there's a lot of Ken Jeong in this movie. He almost feels like the main character because uh Charlie Day's character is Jim uh Simpson. doesn't talk the whole movie and he kind of plays a very passive character. But Ken Jeong is like the publicist that uh gets behind uh Charlie Day's uh character and whose name is Latte Pronto. Fantastic. <laughs> Also, Randy, I imagine Ken Jong is uh, more than happy to take all Charlie Day's lines for himself. <laughs> Probably, yeah. He's he, he's decent in it, but uh, yeah, I think you know is written and directed by Charlie Day. But maybe Charlie Day doesn't understand what might be funny about Charlie Day because I don't think it's a little like um, the physical like comedy for the first like ten fifteen minutes is kind of fun. Like it almost kind of felt like a uh, Jacques Tati, like a Monsieur Hulot character at first, because he's kind of just like walking down the street and then like a crowd will come and then he'll kind of like get like, you know, turned around and then he'll like end up walking like where they're going uh, type of thing. So it's like, oh, that's kind of funny. It's like, is this going to be a Jacques Tati sort of movie? But uh, that would be it, great. It would. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not as like conceptual uh, or as like zany as a Jacques Tati movie. But uh, yeah, also, uh, you yeah. could say a Rowan Atkinson film as well, Randy. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. thank you so much. Uh, shout out to Mr. Bean. 
Who's they bae? do in a scene shout playtime in this movie. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, I think he was probably definitely thinking uh, Jacques Tati while probably making this movie too. So interesting. Well, you but, just uh, shout out, you just shout out things you're, you're mildly copying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Traffic. But yeah, it's essentially, you know, he's sort of like a passive character that gets, you know, embroiled in sort of like the Hollywood studio system and like the like main like sort of characteristic of him in the Billy the Kid movie, which everybody loves is that he sort of like stares directly down the barrel of the camera and like uh, breaks the fourth wall and everyone's like, oh, this is like so interesting. And it's so interesting that like you don't use words and stuff like that. Um. And then he, you know, gets cast in other things and people are like tired of it already. So he kind of, you know, it's kind of like a satire on sort of like Hollywood and like, you know, studio filmmaking and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know, it, it didn't really feel like there was, it wasn't like, I don't know, anything you hadn't really seen before. And it really reminded me a lot of a movie that satirizes sort of the Hollywood system much better. It came out this year before, Babylon which I really dug. Um, so I, you know, was kind of kept thinking about Babylon and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I wish it was funnier or maybe had a little more to say, but, uh, things that are good about it. John Bryan does the score who worked with PTA on punch drunk love. The score is really good. Uh, the cinematography like is great. It looks like a really expensive, like well-made, uh, movie. And like the way that they shoot LA is cool. And, you know, just sort of, uh, just, you know, sort of recognize a lot of the sort of locations and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it, it looks great, but I don't know. I'd be interested to see what he would do next, but I don't know. It's kind of disappointing. I was hoping that I would like this more than I expected going into it, but it was kind of, kind of exactly what I expected. <laughs> all right, a couple of things, Randy. First of all, no one just thinks about Babylon. Yeah, we do. Randy, it's an elephant taking a shit for three hours. That's great. That's what it is. That's only the first like 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, but it sets the tone for the entire three hours. Good movie. Um, uh, A very, very, it's very Matthew Barney in that way. <laughs> Elevated shit. Um, that was very loud. I don't know what happened with it. Did we move this? Is that why? No. Because it feels, it, something feels different. Maybe your headphones. It's louder. making more noise now. Might be your headphones. Could be older. We all make more noise when we're <laughs> That's older. True. Not um, George. <laughs> <the very laughs> quiet as a mouse. The quietest forty-nine-year-old mouse you ever meet. Uh, Randy, I have a feeling. Uh, now I, I, I want to get Russell's feeling on this as well. Oh, dude, uh, where you do you can think? Have my feeling. Where do you think Randy's going to land here? On the uh, I, I, I eight have, or nine. Oh no, no, no. Lower. I'm thinking. I'm thinking six or bust. Really? Damn. I'm thinking six. I'd probably right? go six. I did Damn, two and a half on okay. Letterboxd. You get one on Letterboxd? Two and a half, which the majority of ratings were two on Letterboxd. So Damn. still still a little higher than the majority. Oh, and look I think at you, it's like, Mr. Charity Man. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's like 18 or something on Rotten Tomatoes, which... Damn. Yeah. It's kind of rough. Now, okay, I'll have to watch it and like it then. I'll be like, you know what? I'm back. In no known universe, would could you even make it through this? <laughs> you think I would abandon it? I think so. I don't know. 
I think I would watch it and be like, it looks like they were having fun. Two stars. <laughs> you would emotionally abandon it. Oh, probably. Like kind of what you tried to do with the Brett Bratner masterpiece Tower Heist, but yeah. it was so oh, engrossing, no. you couldn't pull away Now, from it, it. here's the thing. That movie is junk food, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But it's also nutritious. It's just you got to stay away from it because it's going to kill you. <laughs> it's going to flatline your brain. Dude. I don't know. I can't wait I think, to watch it this week No, again. no. There was a report. Um, It came out of, uh, oh, fuck, Harvard or something, where they were saying that Alzheimer's been found to be rooted in Tower Heist. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the origin. Wait, have I ever seen Tower Heist? <laughs> Wait, what were <laughs> we talking joke. about? All timers, we got it. Fuck. We'll see you next week. Uh, all right, Randy. Movie number two. Another movie that I've uh, been wanting to catch, but also heard not great things about, but was yep. hoping that I would maybe like it. Nope. Is a movie directed by Mary Heron, who directed uh, American Psycho. Yes, she did. And it's called Dolly Land, and it is about. Salvador Dali and his wife slash muse uh, named Gala. And also this kid played by Christopher Briney uh, named Jims, named Jims, <laughs> James. Jims? <laughs> James. That's a good name. James, <laughs> James Linton, who is this very young kid who uh, like works for this gallery in New York City and he kind of gets hooked up with uh, Salvador Dali to work for him and gets, you know, sort of embroiled in his, uh, you know, world of just crazy artists and, yeah, sex and drugs and weird Salvador Dali, uh, where there's a scene where uh, James is hooking up with someone and uh, Dali's in the corner, uh, jacking off to watching corner. Uh, but yeah, Dolly is played by uh, Ben Kingsley. And uh, yeah, I don't know a whole lot to say about this movie. It feels very much like a standard biopic. Not like his Good. whole career, but like maybe 10-ish years uh, of his life. And uh, yeah, I don't, sometimes it looks decent like the way it was shot and the cinematography and stuff but sometimes it feels like a b movie and uh yeah it's kind of disappointing that a movie about a surrealist artist uh salvador (laughs) dali is so sort of like just plain and sort of straightforward and uh yeah i don't know not not really interesting at all and um there are some flashbacks and i think you know, part of the reason uh, people may not have liked it as well is that uh, Ezra Miller plays oh. uh, young Salvador Dali in some flashbacks. <laughs> but uh, Ooh, yeah, fortunate choice. <laughs> this is on Hulu if anyone wants to give it a shot, but uh, I can't say I recommend it. Man, I was getting fucking. What was that uh, biopic about um, Queen? What was that called? Was it just called Queen? I never what? saw it, but I know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, the Freddie Mercury one, where it's like Bohemian oh. Rhapsody. There you yeah. go. Yeah, uh, I'm getting vibes like that, where it's like Bohemian no. Rhapsody was a th- two hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, but it, it felt like the same. Like here's a wild character, but let's show you a boring biopic. I no, I would say I was a Bohemian Rhapsody had like all studio power behind it. This is trying to do. 
you know, a more indie thing. I mean, you know, we played TIFF. Yeah, but, I heard um, there's a dick in it. Randy, how much male nudity? There should be. Uh, I don't even know if you actually see the the fellas. Oh, uh, yeah, dude, it's yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody vibes here. <laughs> no, Show it's a like wiener. A, Show a fucking wiener. Have some balls, dude. It's very much like, you know, in like a like high society, artsy, sort of like New York scene for a large portion of it. And there's like a, a dude who uh, played the guy in, who plays Jesus in G- Jesus Christ Superstar, like the original. Jim Caviezel. Apparently. Who shows up? Yeah. Uh, Alice Cooper or someone playing Alice Cooper shows up. So it's kind of like this. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. It's weirder than, yeah, I guess Kingsley's okay at playing Dolly, but the character feels so, I don't know, maybe if you know more about Dolly and his, uh, his wife slash muse, this would be maybe a little more interesting, but it, the characters felt like very not deep at all. And yeah, I don't know. Why do you keep giving her the muse qualifier? Do they make that like that? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Very much like she like flirts with like a lot of the young people that he sort of like brings in and he doesn't really, they don't really have much of a, there's no physical like relationship to their, you know, their thing. And it's very much, she's kind of just like around and he says that like, she's like a big, you know, like influence and that he like, you could tell that I guess he kind of like loves her in a sense, but yeah, it's very sort of a weird relationship. Randy, we're, uh, we're looking at the, um, the trailer, uh, that IMDb plays on repeat. And then sometimes when that trailer is done, they'll play random anything, anything yeah. from 37 years ago that has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, but we're watching the trailer for Dolly land now and everything is just, you, you just are, completely encapsulated in the artifice of the time they are portraying and yeah. every scene is a reminder that everyone's wearing costumes yeah it just yeah. you know what i mean everything just seems overly produced and and manicured i mean that's the thing it's like sure you know take um flowers of the killer moon for example um oh, my favorite movie from a you know costume standpoint fantastic because yes everything seemed to be of the time but everything also seemed natural and it seemed for sure worn in everything i'm seeing here looks brand fucking new and that yeah. it that just takes me out immediately um yeah, yeah. for sure i uh it definitely kind of felt that watching it and like like I said, Ben Kingsley, I I think is good. Like, I don't want to say that it feels like a sketch character or a bit. Like, it, it doesn't feel that goofy, but it also doesn't really feel lived in or anything either. Yeah, and also I I, I will never say anything negative about Ben Kingsley because he uh, terrifies me. <laughs> and uh, I think he'd find out and he'd hunt me down. Like, uh, his character in Sexy Beast, one of the greatest... Uh, Hell cool yeah. My- Sexy Beast is uh, top of the top for cool guy movies. It's the best. It's pretty good. Been a while since I've seen it. Been a while. All right. Dally Land. How many stars, Randy? Uh, five out of 12. Oh, worse <laughs> than the day. Wait, hold on. Yeah. I just got it. Dally Land. It's a play on Dolly Land. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. <laughs> sure. 
Uh, what else could it be? Dolly Land? Is it just like literally like, oh, welcome to Dolly Land? I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's in New York flat and he's kind of weird. He's got a curly mustache. Watch yeah. out. <laughs> no, thank you. Right, anything else? Uh, no, that is it. It's it. What is it? Oh, it's it. What a wonderful ice cream oatmeal cookie sandwich. True that. Russell, would you like to hear about um, a documentary? Let's just get the documentary. Let's just get it out of the way. Is that what you're going to say? No, no. Let's do the horror movie. You want to do the horror movie first? Yeah, I love it when you cover Shutter films, though. Okay, well, I'm glad you said it because I will never say that network's name on this show ever, ever again. again. <laughs> yeah, we'll just play that. <laughs> also, I will say this, for re- and again, just to further add more fuel to the fire with my feud with this network, 13 minutes are left in the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> 13 minutes are left in the movie. And I mean, Russ, it's a very important 13 minutes. But everything is coming to the climax here. And then the movie pauses and starts back from the fucking beginning. And that's a that's a them thing, not a you thing? I think I'm blaming them. Okay. How it, would it be a me thing? Well, it could. I don't know. Oh, you know, the ghost. It's probably a ghost. I'm just saying. It's just further. Your shutters, your Roku's haunted. What are you using? Roku? (laughs) How dare you that you think I'm some fucking poor using Roku over here? Roku City's pretty tight, though. Fucking disgusting. Did you just say Roku City? Yeah, the little city, like the animated city, uh, when you have your Roku Roku on for too long. Take me down to Roku City. Holy shit. Well, from this network, I will refuse to name. I watched a movie that came out this year called Birth Rebirth. Now, what happens here is that I'm not going to read you the description. I'm just going to tell you what happened. But don't worry, because I'm going to spoil it. No, this is what happens, and this is exactly what uh, IMDb is going to tell you. But I'm going to tell you, Clark style. (laughs) A la mode. What we've got here. Is that, oh, well, first of all, uh, I want to talk about the cast. This is, if you, if you read various reviews on online, uh, you know, <laughs> literature related to uh, birth rebirth, you know, there, there's, there's a movie that they're going to say that this is a new spin on. And they're not wrong because anytime that you have something that is dead and you bring it back to life, you're going to hit on one of two things. Russ, what do you think movies are people going to say if you have a person that is dead and you're bringing them back to life? What movies are people say that you're going to take a new spin on? Reanimator? That's one. And what's the other one? More classic. Um, Evil Dead? I'll give you the year. Night of the Living Dead? 1931. Uh, Nosferatu. Frankenstein. (laughs) That was next. Thank you. Um, Do you remember when we had... It was 39? I, no, I think it was 31. Okay. I think I think Frankenstein's. Randy, can you look that up what year Frankenstein is? I think it's 1931. James Whale. Frankenstein. 31. I mean, yeah! Still got it! All right. What we have here <laughs> is a failure. A, 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 a sort of reanimator through the female gaze. Oh, dude. 
Finally. Now, this is directed by uh, Laura. Brandy, what did you interrupt the talent <laughs> with? She animator. Oh, I thought he said she wiener. Brandy, that's pretty good. Thank you so much. Worth it. Your, your timing is terrible, but your joke is good. I like she animator. Yeah, it's right there on the table. Very nice. Uh, the director of this is Laura Moss. Now, Russell, if you do me a favor, would you click on uh, Miss Moss's um, IMDb page? And I'm going to make a little revelation to you. She's uh, a redhead. Do you, d- does this uh, lady, uh, well, you're looking at it now. Yeah, I she, see it now. She made a short in 2017 that you quite fancied. Yeah, damn. Called Friday, uh, which is about uh, the execution of Ted Bundy um, in the 1980s. I think that's what in about Bundy. I don't know. I'm not really up on my true crime, but that sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, director of that short, which we watched. God, what was that? Chattanooga or no, I think it was like Brooklyn horror or something. Yeah. I don't it, know. Some it, weird thing we were watching when we first moved into this house yeah, five years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's then, where we met William. Yes, it was. I think that was, Brooklyn Horror Fest. It was something, something. yeah. yeah it was like pandemic that. for sure. But anyway, um, Laura Moss is the director of Birth, Rebirth. And uh, I, I just thought that I would uh, share that live with Russell that uh, she's making. Yeah, no, really I enjoyed. really like Friday. Friday's great. And this is also equally great. Uh, okay. Also the cast, like I said, um, Marin Ireland uh, plays Rose, who is a nurse who uh, is starting. She is a medical examiner. And when you are a medical examiner, you are a doctor. Uh, but she is also, uh, she's doing some experiments on uh, people that come into the morgue and they are organ donors. And uh, she just takes that as uh, carte blanche to uh, try to take these people and uh, make them alive again. And what happens is that um, a very sad situation where a uh, like a seven-year-old girl uh, comes in the morgue, and she is the daughter of Judy Reyes, uh, who is uh, uh, what's her name from Scrubs. <laughs> we all love her on Scrubs, and she's in everything. You say I don't like great. Show. She's great. They're great. Uh, honestly, um, I liked everything about this movie. And I also like the restraint that this movie shows. Yes, there's some gross, gooey stuff that's happening um, that that you were expecting in a movie like this. But the way that everything is portrayed um, and also how certain things are sort of withheld um, are done very stylistically. Um, and I'm trying to, to, to paint around some things here. But... Um, it's it's very it's a new spin on something that you know if you're going to reanimate something i don't think that we've we've done it in a way that um the director did this here especially you know, regarding a young child who died from meningitis and now they are trying to bring the child back and then the mom went to go to the morgue and they's like, we don't know where your baby is. I remember now Terrell did cover this on Blu-ray Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him talking about it. And, uh, then she runs into, uh, Rose played by Marin Ireland. 
and uh, she finds her baby, and uh, she's alive, kinda. And so then they start, uh, you know, doing things to keep her alive, and um, they're sort of at a crossroads, and uh, they've got to do some desperate things to keep things going, and that is what the third act is. And uh, I'll just let that sit right there. Um, fantastic, man. Um, the whole thing is is very restrained, and um, it, it's I don't know. I mean, you know, we're we're mostly dealing with the ladies here, you know, and uh, it's it's great, man. Um, I, I really really enjoyed this of how sort of um, deliberate the pacing is here. And, you know, I know that feels like it's a overused thing, but you know, I think that's exactly what we're doing here that, um, you know, we're, we're not going for, uh, shocks and gore and, and crazy sort of, you know, Shyamalani twist. Um, you know, this is, uh, a very deeply rooted, uh, thing with, you know, moms and their children and, yeah, man. It's good stuff. So, okay. Um, for anybody curious about Friday the Short, it's both on Vimeo and YouTube. If you type in horror short film Friday, the alter page will pop up on YouTube so you could go watch it. That film had a very serious tone, but it also managed to like frame itself within the the protagonist and it had a lot of like comedy vibes and like it felt like a little I don't know. I I don't want to say scary, but there was a little bit of like tension towards the end of that short. And I'm curious, does any of that like tone carry over in her feature length work? There's not a lot of humor here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's not a, it's not a laugh out loud short either, but yeah, there's like a little bit of quirky vibes going on. I mean, you know, you're, you're dealing with, you know, death and a, life, a, a lot of flesh and <laughs> uh, pregnancy. Yeah. And, uh, because, um, the mother of the child, she is also, um, she is a nurse and, um, which also turns out to be, uh, a, a nice little fortuitous, um, thing between these two duos who can, you know, procure the, uh, yeah. medical things that they need. Um, it's man, it's uh it's not an easy watch. It's, uh, but it's I mean, a bit of a gut punch. There. Friday's dealing with like a pretty heavy topic too also like, we should say friday is two words fry is yeah. in deep fry yeah and then day f r y let me you spell it, it for good job <laughs> i almost fucked it up you too. did great friday yeah which is you know about people celebrating an execution so that's what i meant like yeah. that's dealing with like a heavy cultural thing and kind of reframing it so i don't know i'm interested in um uh, and i'm glad to hear she did something cool because i really like that short yeah, I re I really enjoyed uh, Birth Rebirth. I don't know if I love the name. Birth slash Rebirth. Nah, it doesn't work. Remember Hack uh, or They Them, the movie that came out and went yeah. and everybody hated it? Um, the creator of the 12-star system, our buddy um, Sam, when we were out there, we're like, oh, God, They Them, what is this movie going to be? And he was like, dude, isn't it They Slash Them? Because it was a slasher movie. And there you go. But the trick was it wasn't a slasher movie, and horror fans were really mad well, after that's it came a wasted out. Opportunity. I know. Also, I think he was being too creative and gave them something they weren't planning. Yeah. Earth Rebirth, 10 stars out of 12. Oh, fuck yeah. Now, going back 
backwards, not only backwards in time. Yeah, mainly backwards in time. <laughs> I watched this. Uh, oh, it was the day where you guys went to go see the movie that you're about to talk about. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, I had the house to myself. I'll watch a movie downstairs. A uh, little did I know I actually didn't have the house to myself. So uh, Lord knows that would never be the case in this house. As I heard a noise in this, I heard a noise. I'm like, well, I thought everyone was gone. And then I come in this room and Terrell's live streaming. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he was on his of game course. show. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know. Man almighty. But uh, this is on HBO. And the reason why I did that is because I didn't have HBO. But then this was a two-hour documentary. And I'm like, eh, I'll watch the rest of it in my room. So then I subscribed to HBO. <laughs> the only reason I watched it is to go downstairs so I didn't have to subscribe to HBO. And then I went upstairs to watch it in my room. So I, I yeah. So uh, that's just how things go. Uh, Last Stop Laramie is the name of this documentary. Uh, started streaming on Max on October 8th. Nestled deep in the Australian outback is the town of Laramie and its 11 eccentric residents. When one of them mysteriously disappears into thin air, the remaining residents become suspects and a long history of infighting is unveiled. Now, this is going to sound very similar to the other documentary that I watched five years ago that was we talk about here, uh, the town that saw nothing or whatever that thing was called yeah. on the Sundance Channel. That's great. This is very this is different, uh, but it's similar. This is the Australian version of this. Um, this is fantastic. I had a great time with this, and I think one of the main reasons I had a great time with this is because it's a two hour documentary. This needed to be a two-hour documentary. I'm not mad at it. It covers a lot of time. Um, it's centered around characters um, who are in a a place that can only be filled with characters. Uh, the Australian outback is something that uh, I think I will find endlessly fascinating. And the people that um, choose to live there are there for reasons that um, – it doesn't really get into that, but it does kind of hit in, into that because they actually interview all the 11 townspeople who live in this town. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, there's a lot of strife uh, between the residents in this town, uh, a lot of politics that were going on, uh, because believe it or not, this was a um, uh, a tourist area because there's nothing around for many, many miles. But if you stop by Laramie, you can get a camel hand pie and uh, you can sit at the little gas station and they've got, you know, and then the bar is the social hub of the town. But the guy who runs the bar doesn't allow anybody else in the town to visit the bar. And then they were like, well, I'll, I'll create my own little thing here. Um, so a lot of politics were popping off here. But the story is centered around uh, a character who is, uh, Russell, he was born in Ireland. And then he was exiled to Australia. And we start to learn that other residents were exiled for reasons that they don't want to get into. If you're out in the if you're in the Australian outback, you're probably on the lamb. And so, you know, we've got a, a very, very interesting and I mean Errol Morris level type of mm-hmm. Vernon, Florida characters that we're seeing here in this town of Australia. Um and uh at the center of it was a guy named Patty with D's, two D's, okay. Patty Moriarty. And Patty was, he was uh, redheaded, 
uh, bald as he could be on top, but only would wear his uh, cowboy hat and had a very uh, large red mustache. Patty was a great character. He was all, he was Irish, born Irish, but has lived in Australia for many years. So he kind of had this weird Irish Australian accent, um, which was kind of fun. And Patty goes missing from his house. He is abducted. And naturally, it takes a long time to get things going in this tiny town of 11 people because they got to send the detectives out from another town. And they decide to send them on Christmas Day to interview the entire town on where, at what happened to Patty. Um, now, I'll say this. this uh, if, you're, if you watch these true crime documentaries and you're looking for closure... I feel like that's a, you know, that's a cause that is sort of in vain. Um, You know, a a lot of these, you don't get the closure. And uh, I'll just leave it at that regarding this one. But it's very clear (laughs) what happened here. Um, All the pieces are there. And honestly, it just kind of points back to the justice system. And uh, evidence and proof. And if you ain't got no body, you ain't got no murder. And that's a big part of it. Um, It is very clear who murdered him. (laughs) Because, Russell and Randy, there is is audio (laughs) of the guy (laughs) who allegedly killed Patty Moriarty in his house singing a song about how he killed Patty Moriarty. Oh, dude, he does trap music? <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, he got let off. Right. Um, it's wild. You can't um, really, you know, use that. We're going through that over here in our legal system. No, for too. sure. I, I get it. But it's just, it's just, it's just funny um, how these things sort of translate and kind of uh, transpire. But um, I mean, I'm telling you, the re- that's why I like it. Is it two hours, and they didn't stretch it out into a miniseries because if net oh Duplass that yeah. makes sense. Um, if they if Netflix had purchased this, oh yeah, brother, this be a five part series, and you know I I don't think it would be nearly as good as it is. Um, you know it's 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 long for a doc, but I mean you know we it's broken into five chapters. And uh, every chapter is necessary. And uh, I, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, you know, th- th- that's why I kind of use, you know, that specific reference of Vernon, Florida. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, that's a big template for me in documentaries in terms of my references. Um, and uh, I, I think that's the best way to describe this. And, um, you know, it is sort of very Errol Morris in that way. To where we're just kind of letting you know the characters um, express everything from their point of view, and it's it kind of turns into a bit of a Rashomon situation, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, where everyone is blaming other people, and there's a lot of finger pointing, and the politics and all that stuff is fun, um, and uh, I don't know, man, it's just you know I, I'm always going to be pulled into that small town politics sort of thing and then you throw it in the outback of australia yeah i mean i'm gonna well, 11 people is really tiny i'm telling you man this is uh it's well worth your time it's fun and uh thank god it's not a five-part series 
Well, did you know that Larima is about halfway between Tennant Creek and Darwin? I knew Darwin was close. Because <laughs> that's where the police had to come from. Oh, did the police of Darwin? Darwin? No wonder they didn't figure shit out. Would you eat a camel hand pie? I don't know. I tried to Google it while you were talking. I couldn't find one. It kept trying to correct me to caramel. <laughs> and I was like, no, we're talking camel. Um, I would call it a hump pie. They had a zoo. No, they didn't. They had a zoo at this we, 11. Uh, they they had, bought a um, zoo? They bought a zoo. Um, they had a, you know, a few birds here and there. Um, bird, bird, bird. <laughs> uh, uh, they had a roo. But you know oh, what they it, had a pole? <laughs> you know what else they had? A what? They had a croc. They had Crocs, too? They, they had Crocs. They had a big old Croc. And so that was rumored. Uh, it was like, well, did they feed Patty to the Croc? Oh, my God. Um, or did the lady who tried to put Larima on the map with her hand pies turn them into a hand, hand pie? job pies? Thank you so much. Um, and then, man, I, I, I honestly, I if, if you do find yourself not completely uh, obliterated by the uh the the gross saturation of true crime documentaries this is a good one yeah um it's refreshing it's also not american which was kind of refreshing um and it's just it's just it it's just good character stuff i really really like this uh 11 out of 12 stars really damn okay and it was it worth re upping uh hbo I had a great time. Was it worth $17 or whatever? I don't know. Wow. You know, you put it that way and at least you get a month of whatever other bullshit you want where one rental for a movie could be 20, 25. Sure. Depending. All right. Is that my turn? Yes, sir. All right. I, uh, like, like Clark mentioned when he came up here and heard the, uh, the, the ghost of Terrell while live streaming on DH1 network, which he is still on. I think he's in the top 10. Things are heating up and I uh, highly recommend you watch it. It's a little tough because they don't really give you any context as to what's going on, except at the very beginning of the stream. But uh, it's been pretty fun to watch him. Anyway, Terrell had to make a tough choice this past week where we had Ooh, uh, Billy showed up. We had, um, we had no, uh, thankfully he dodged that bullet. Only, only we were in the crosshairs for that shit. Make a choice. <laughs> He had to decide whether he would be attending one of three recordings of DH1's I Love Money or going to a pre-screening of Thanksgiving where they were rumored to be giving masks and shirts away. And I will tell you that COVID was, masks? Yeah, COVID masks. John Carver masks. Of Mars? Of Mars. And uh, he, he was not happy, but he's like, I mean, I'm doing the show. Fuck it. I have to do it. He's like, I'll catch it later. And it was a bummer. It felt wrong going without him. We went down there. Also, let me paint the picture a little bit. It just started raining out here again. And uh, we had the God Emperor Xi Jinping in town. Xi Xi. And uh, Justin, our old former third chair, hit me up. And he was like, hey, man, can I go? And I was like, yeah, we got we got a ticket. And he's <laughs> he called me that day and said, hey, my work's been having trouble getting employees to come in. Because it's all locked up down in the city. It's impossible to drive around. And we're like, you know what? Fuck it. We got a babysitter. <laughs> Let's just try. If it doesn't happen, I'll bring you back. And we just went blindly into the city. Um, 
you know, Waze was telling us it's only going to take a half hour. And I'm like, that feels like bullshit. And there was a lot of red when you got down. Again, this was at the Metreon, which is down there in the heart of it. And then I was talking to George. Now, George is the one that hooked us up. And he's also the person we're talking to this week. And he was like, hey, man, uh, I got somebody there. This is about 45 minutes before it was supposed to start. He's like, there ain't no table. There's nobody related to the film at the theater. George famously speaks in double negative. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and um, we're like, okay, well, I mean, we're going. Like, We're not going to turn around now. We're on fucking 280. And then he's like, all right, I'll call you back if I learn anything. He's like, hey, an email just went out that they're not going to the city anymore. They're up at Century 20. Now, Century 20 is very close to our house. So we flipped a bitch on the freeway and just came back. Uh, no mask, no shirt. The way they did it was kind of interesting, though. We were on a list, so they gave you a ticket. And it's like, why do they do this? Like, we'd never do anything with the fucking ticket. And they're just generic raffle tickets. So we went up and there was a dude at the at the thing. And he was like, do you have a ticket? And we're like, yeah. He's like, okay, then you can sit in reserved seating. I'm like, well, what if we didn't have a ticket? It's like, oh, it was open to the for free. And I think it's because they fucking pivoted last minute. So half the theater, anybody could have just walked in. But um, surprisingly, there were trailers and everything. So uh, we got we got in and chilled. And then we got to experience uh, Eli Roth as he's finally arrived as a director and made a film that I actually fucking wanted him to make. So many times I wanted to root for this man. Thanksgiving. I liked, you know, the beginning of his career, he felt like an offbeat indie dude who had like a fresh take on shit. And then he just felt like, like fucking Dr. Mambo became his like stamp on cinema. It's like your quirky humor is the one thing that I do not agree with. Rotten like, fruit. It's the rotten oh, fruit. Oh, I liked rotten fruit. You know, that movie is quirky, but it, it it worked fine. Cabin fever was good. Yeah. My problem is free pizza. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Randy, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. How do you all not know about free pizza? Free pizza. I'm you promised me. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We got to watch a movie. I'm not going to go into that, but I'm sure there are people listening right now who are like, how the fuck do you not know about Keanu and free pizza? It was like a major meme born out of his fucking movie. Knock, knock. Yeah, I saw that movie. Oh, you just don't remember I that, don't remember. dude? Okay, you're probably not really paying attention, which is totally understandable. I watched that movie like within the last year, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's remember. so funny. Yeah, but like his humor, like, dude, Green Inferno. Again, I know y'all have heard me say this, but going to Green Inferno in a mall, it just felt like he had given me something kind of cool. Like, dude, we're seeing a cannibal film at fucking Tan Fran. And there are walkouts in a mall movie. It's like, that, that's the kind of shit I fucking live for. <sighs> Yet, there's also like weird CGI ants. The tone was kind of all over the place. I'm like, dude, just make, just do the genre that you're trying to do. Like, don't get all weird with it. Thanksgiving. Um, now, th there's a lot of, every time I talked about this movie and going to see it, people are like, well, is he really going to do the trailer? And it's weird because I never even framed it that way. Again, this come this is born out of Grindhouse, uh, the Tarantino. Um, who's the other one? Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. From who, like 15 years ago. Exactly. And there were five, I think, faux trailers, right? We had uh, Ty West, Eli Roth, Jason Eisner, Rob Zombie, and the other one. 
Uh, who did Machete? I don't even remember. Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson Welles. And three of those movies were made, right? We got Machete. We got um, Hobo with the Shotgun. And then we now have Thanksgiving. Um, was Machete not Robert Rodriguez? I don't Maybe. I Would he do a trailer? I don't know. I this is the kind of shit that I don't pay attention to. I will say that I think Thanksgiving was my favorite trailer. And mostly because of the use of like, I think it was stock footage. But he has a fucking Thanksgiving Day parade in his trailer. And it's, you just know, like, the kind of budget this would require, you could never execute. Like, all the other films were a little bit, like, shot on a studio. Like, big ideas, but, like, executed with, like, you know, efficient budget. And Thanksgiving was like, you could never do that. There's, like, three decapitations. And I'll tell you, having seen the movie, uh, he does it. And I didn't even realize. I didn't come into mind with that frame, but he delivers on the trailer. And when when I watched the trailer post the movie, I was like, wow, dude, he did a good job. The original trailer. The original trailer from Grindhouse. Yeah. yeah the new trailer is very different. The table was set. Which is ironic. Thanksgiving. Because that Thanksgiving trailer, you know, was almost proof of concept for a whole feature. The table was set. Yet they recut it. Thanksgiving. Um, let me give you a little bit of context, too. The genre we are going for here. Genre. Is not 80 slasher. We're doing post-scream. So it's a whodunit. Um, John Carver is very ghost face. And the setting is less scream, more. I know what you did last summer. So what, is, what year are we in? I'm modern. We have, and uh-huh. here's the other thing. I remember having a very long conversation with Madeline. Madeline, uh, RIP Marbles, is not a fan of slasher movies. And she said she hates how modern ones always had to create an environment where cell phones would just be like nullified. And she was always like, you know, you can write around it. Like, just fucking deal with it. Thanksgiving deals with it. In fact, they kind of highlight the phone. Thanksgiving. Also, you know, we just talked about a 11-person uh, town. We're dealing with the small town vibe here, too. And, man, the one thing that felt a little dated to me is that this movie opens with a grand cinemascape of uh, Black Friday. Now, again... Of 24 hour 23 is uh, Black Friday weekend. And I've been very aware, uh, reflecting on the holiday, that, you know, in-person shopping is not as popular as it used to be. And back uh, back when Krampus came out, those cynical vibes of, like, people are being trampled to death at Black Friday sales. I feel like that's kind of over. Yeah. Yet in this movie, it's very upfront. and And for all those years that we wanted to see this, like, orchestra of chaos, play out in the front of a Walmart. He did it. I was just like, I feel like you're a little bit past the moment, but Hey, no complaints. It's a fucking beautiful scene. Also, uh, that's when we get introduced to one of Clark's favorite comedians, uh, a Mr. Um, Tim Dillon, who Never heard of her, <laughs> Tim Dillon. Uh, he, you always feel weird in horror movies. I like no name people because then I get full immersion. And then you get a like black hole who's just sucking up the air in the room like Tim Dillon. And he fit in fucking perfectly, dude. He, I think it's because Eli's such a fanboy. Yeah. He knew how to like play and like write for him. And it just really worked. And also, I think that's a great way to frame the whole movie because Tim Dillon is a particular type of comic. And um, it's funny. He's a stand-up comic. Yet, I think he's the most unfunny when he's doing stand-up. So it's a weird kind of handshake you got with him. Yet he's utilized in this slasher film perfectly. 
And so is Eli Ross humor. It's kind of like, you know, I know what you did last summer is a, it's kind of the uncharitable scream in scream. You're kind of rooting for these characters. And I know what you did last summer. You're like, you all are terrible. Like you all kind of covered up a murder together and are just your, your agreement is forget about it. And then your problem is that bitch won't forget about it. And you kind of, you know, when they get picked off, you're almost like rooting for it. And if they went on to live, you're like, these people are going to be rich and terrible people. This movie is fully aware of that and they play off of it. So in one, in one sense, you're rooting for the characters. They're all good. They're all interesting characters, but they're all bad. So when they get their uh, just desserts, see what I did there? It's a food joke. Oh, it's very nice. Happy Thanksgiving. Did you like it? Because this movie is full of them. Okay. Every opportunity for, um, you know, this year there will be no leftovers. One-liners like that, that could totally derail a tone of a movie, fully embraced here. It almost feels like you get a, a, a very true-to-form, true-to-trope slasher, right? You get like these moments and you're like, dude, he's nailing it. And then we'll pivot into humor. and it, But it's funny. And then we'll pivot back into a horror movie. And the whole movie's like that. My only one complaint, you can a little bit feel the length here. I think we're, we're dealing with almost a two hour. We're at one fifty. You, you told me it was two and a half. Hours. I thought it was two and a half. And honestly, <laughs> so the only reason I say I could feel the length is because at one point, Oksana, who is a very uh, worrisome mother, she's also not here today. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's setting up our uh, baby boy's birthday party down the street. Um, she's the better parent. Anyway, so she pulled out her phone. That was never in question. She pulled out the phone. And I saw the time on it and I was like, wait, we're only an hour in. Like I felt like he had fully delivered on the movie in the first hour. And I, I mean, a part of me was like, whoa, how much more do we have left? Again, I thought it was a two and a half hour movie. So I'm like, he's going to put a whole nother movie in here. But um, it, dude, it's fantastic. He subverts tropes that have not had a fresh air blown into him in the decade. He uh, delivers on gore. It's funny. I love, dude. Also, I say that the, the mise-en-scene here is more, I know what you did last summer, because we're all over a town. Like in Scream, we go to like high school and a couple of homes and it, it really, it's more of like a Halloween suburban vibe. But here we're in a parade, which feels I'm very, I know what you did last summer, but we're, we're in a restaurant We're we're like all, we're in this fucking sewer, man, I'm going to tell you, I think this might be the best post Scream slasher I've seen, like period. I have no complaints. I loved it. I uh, was bummed that I could not go with Terrell on the Friday that he went to go see it because I would totally go watch this movie again, even though I thought it was two and a half hours and it felt a little lengthy. I, um, God, I don't, I don't know if I want to dig into the nitty gritty here because there, it, it is a whodunit. Although everybody I watched it with was kind of like, ah, I figured it out, but they weren't bummed. When people said that about scream, they're like, I figured it out halfway. Ugh. Yeah. And this one, they're like, who I didn't give a fuck. Like this movie just delivered. Um, there's a great like mafia-esque Russian dad that I'd like to highlight. All the kills are um, non-derivative. They're all a breath of fresh air. Even when you think it's about to be like, oh, we've seen this before. Uh, shout out to anybody who caught the sorcery e- Easter eggs. Me and Justin were very happy. Um, Not sorcerer. No, the band. From Stuntman, where oh. if you're a Tarantino little jerk off, you're going to love that. They didn't try to cross a mountain river with uh, TNT. There's a moment in this film 
where they talk about Black Sabbath, the band, and Ronnie James Dio joining. And I was, I was so caught off guard. I'm like, where, where am I? Like, what the fuck? So, it, it, you know what? Maybe it's a little perfectly curated for me, but I have, I don't know. I have nothing bad to say. Thankfully, Randy watched it. So we'll get a little bit of uh, the, did, Randy, did you like it? I'm curious, but I also don't want to know if you hated this. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not really a huge fan of Eli Roth either. Like, I think I remember is? kind of <laughs> yeah. liking Hostel when it came the out. The Gear but- Brothers. Oh, the Gear Brothers. Oh, we got to talk to them about it. <laughs> I bet they were jerking off the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, besides Hostel, I don't really know what else from Eli Roth I've seen that I like kind of enjoyed. But uh, no, I, I really enjoyed this. It's very fun. The mask is cool. The kills, like you said, are pretty like cool and refreshing and also pretty gory at times too. Yeah, they deliver. Um, there's a couple moments in the movie where uh, Jessica, the main character, she... Like she's like looking out like in a, you know, a crowd or whatever. And she thinks she's seeing the killer, John Carver or whatever. And the way that it's sort of like shot and the way that uh, sort of like the audio kind of like drops down really reminded me of like Final Final Destination. Yeah. Like when they feel like death is coming. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. It's it's very funny. Tim Dillon, uh, although not in it a ton, is very, very good. Um, There's a lot of mass hole accents uh in the movie so i don't know how it would play maybe for someone from massachusetts if it's a little uh too goofy or too over the top but you know it's it's a uh, I, I enjoy a good massachusetts eli, accent eli roth is from massachusetts yeah. oh true and adam green that's why i know so much at the movie Grant. <laughs> <laughs> man i uh don't have plans really on thanksgiving and there's a good chance sure. that i might go see it again Wow, dude, I that makes me so happy. But Randy, Oksana put that out there on Letterboxd. She's like, I don't know if I'd even call myself an Eli Roth fan, but I love this movie. Yeah. And people are just like, really? Because I mean, I'm I don't like him either. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I don't know what it is. Hostile 2 is good. Here's the thing. If you've been did he direct that? Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, he's got a big career, and he always gets elevated. Like, dude, he has Eli Roth's, like, history of horror. It's like, well, why the fuck are you telling it? Like, what, have you earned those stripes? And I will say- Cabin Fever's good, guys. It is good. But it's an indie film. And it's almost like when he got money, he couldn't maintain the, like, the I don't know, the, the head of the orchestra. Like, chaos kind of took over. He didn't know how to spend a budget. But who knows? I think if you are on the show and if you make it to the end of the episode and listen to me ramble about shit, we may have seen this coming when I brought up the VR Valentine slasher. Do you remember that when he did the VR short film? I Mm. covered it. I think I still have a bootleg of it. Eli Ross haunted house trick VR treat. The second one he did a VR Valentine slasher. Oh, I don't see that. That one. It's almost like the blueprint for this movie and the characters and everything's completely different. But it's a post-scream slasher taking place on a holiday that, you know, you wouldn't normally... Valentine's Day has already had a few slasher movies come out. But it was just good. And it was just a good version. It wasn't, like, elevated in a weird way. It wasn't really subverting it like a takedown parody. It was just fucking good. And he recreated it here. It's cool that this is just called Thanksgiving, too. It's not like a pun, like Thanksgiving or anything. It's just, yeah. 
Yeah, and the the, the shirt, which um, it's so good that Justin went out and bought a mask and a shirt right when he got home. Hell yeah! And and it's you know it's a uh, Thanksgiving turkey with a knife in it, and it's bleeding, and it just says Thanksgiving on it. It's yeah, it's perfect. It's subdued, and I think that's what he needed. He needed just to like pump the brakes a little bit on his humor. And not that he really does that here because this does kind of feel like black dynamite or machete, but I know it's mixed with, I know what you did last summer. I think it, I thought it was perfect. I'm uh it's a 12 star for me, but Randy, you, you liked it. So can I guess a nine or a 10? What do you think, Clark? Yeah, I'd go 10. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. We I came did together. feel the uh, length a little bit towards the ending as well. But right, besides but- that, I really enjoyed it up until, you know, hour yeah. 30 and it, it felt like it, it dragged a little bit but overall it's very fun yeah and you know the main complaint about the time is that when you're in the, the third act and our killer's being revealed there's like a fatigue that comes over when you're a like genre fan and you're like okay now we got to watch the dance play out which is kind of like you know they just got to wrap up the storytelling but honestly that third act the ending i thought was one of the best moments so yeah, I don't know, man. I really liked it. And uh, I thought it was funny you said Tim Dillon wasn't in it much. Because for like a cameo like that, I was like, oh, they really gave him an acting role. Like, Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's probably got, I don't know, yeah, seven, eight minutes. minutes. Oh, maybe also, four. There is no way that he would own a cat, right? He does not strike <laughs> me as a cat dude. No, he, he's, he's like one of those fucking high maintenance gay dudes. I'm sure he's like, he would not have a pet. He, or he would get a pet and then be like, that was a mistake, and then get rid of it. Like pet, Pets are for the poor, Dick. <laughs> okay, Tom Segura, calm down. No, uh, in this one, he has a cat. And a uh, fantastic duo. I would love to watch a movie with them. El Gato. Very nice. I need to watch this. Uh, maybe today, probably not. Well, what ticket are you on now? Well, you'll three. I've refunded two already. <laughs> oh, my God. Hell yeah. Go watch it. I have four credits available at Cinemark. Randy gave <laughs> it four. Like... Four on a five star. Again, 10 on a 12. I understand. I don't know why I deferred it to that inferior method. I should have said Randy gave it 1.67 thumbs. Oh, much better. Yeah. That's a lot of thumb. I was going to say something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. We did it. Yeah. Congratulations. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hell yeah. And, uh, Wait, that's next episode. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the table is set. Right. Thanksgiving. All right, anything else up top? The table is set. That seems like it would be a line from Thanksgiving. It, in the trailer. That's why okay. I kept saying it. In the original. I don't I, watch the trailer. Can I tell you? I I, I really, I liked Ground ha- Grindhouse a lot when it came out. Okay. I saw it twice in the theater. Tight. And that that Thanksgiving trailer was one of my favorite things. Oh yeah, for sure. And I remember it very clearly. And okay. that's why you know, I was like, Thanksgiving, the table was set. Delivers on the whole trailer. I, uh, yeah. I, um, so I'm excited. I'm glad that this exists, you know, 15 years after. And uh, Tim Dillon's in it. You got to go watch it. I I'll feel, go see it. I feel like it's too much in your wheelhouse though. So you're doing what I do where it's like, and people are like, Hey, this movie's made for you. And you're like, yeah, I know. I'll so watch it next year. I only have so much time. Oh my God. <laughs> And clearly, I have to. I have to be the one to talk about Lara My Australia. You're doing the heavy work. All right, so I'm doing. I'm doing the Lord's work. 
That was very loud. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else before uh, we say goodbye and I say goodbye as I take a week-long sabbatical from the show? No, I think we're good. November is my sabbatical time. It always is. You're not it's complaining as much as you normally do, though. What do I complain about? You're like, oh, I'm going back home. This is going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I have to go to the goddamn restaurant. This is going to be a fight immediately. Oh, well, I got to get to the airport. My sister's going to pick me up and they got to drive me over there. I don't want to hear this shit for a fuck. Okay, That's usually- first of all, <laughs> I don't think it's portrayed to that way. <laughs> it's like that, but like, you know, times 10x, baby. 10x, baby. Just like Bitcoin. To the moon. To the moon. All right, Randy, uh, wish our listeners uh, good luck in their uh, <laughs> efforts of existing in this week. Sure, yeah. Uh, enjoy the Thursday episode with George and uh, enjoy your uh, Thanksgivings. I will be spending mine alone in Atlanta. Or if you think it's a good idea for me to spend like $350 to go to New York City for like a day or two and go see the new Frederick Wiseman documentary, which is opening this weekend, uh, let me know because, uh, you know, I got nothing else to do. So it could be fun. <laughs> The the Michelin star one? Yeah, Menu Placers. <gasps> it's like four hours long, about a uh, three-star Michelin restaurant. Randy, I think you know what you got to do. Could be fun. It's tight. Yeah, go do that. And then right. report on this show. And uh, we expect an interview with Frederick Wiseman. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at the Overlook Theater, Instagram at the Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.